Hey everyone, it's Ron Weisberg, your host here at Film Things with Soul Studios. I'm here with my co-host Ashley Ward. Hello! And today we have a marvelously special guest with us that flew out from L.A. Who couldn't make it? Who couldn't, <laughs> who couldn't make it? That's not his voice. Where? Wait, could you do... I want to learn how to do the... No, you don't. We're moving on swiftly. I can't teach all my secrets. <laughs> So, Brad Lamack, everyone, is here in the Soul Studios. Um, We're so happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here. It's been an amazing weekend. You flew in from L.A. to teach your new business of acting uh, seminar. How did that go? Um, I don't remember, actually. No, it was great. Deep Um, impact. Deep (laughs) impact. Yeah, well, Friday night we um, we did sort of a meet and greet, and it was some of the people who were students on Saturday. Uh, but it was a ton of people who just wanted to say hello or say hello again. Um, I think that was really wonderful. And there's always interesting questions and conversation that come up in those those big sessions. And then Saturday, I was I was so excited about this. It's like we had another sold out workshop yeah, seminar, did. which is I'm so happy about. The response to what we're doing here. I think people are getting are starting to wake up and get serious about the business. Well, they have to, right? I mm. mean, you, you, it, it's great to be talented, uh, but you have to know what to do with that talent yeah. and how to move that talent forward and how to market that talent. And and it, it's complicated. It's work, yeah. right? And so. It's much more work than I'm just going to memorize my lines and I'm great. Um, that's doesn't even fit into the business of acting equation. Right. You know, we expect that comes with you. You know, we also expect that you're going to know how to do all of the other things that are going to be required and that you should be doing every day when you're not memorizing lines. So um, it's always an interesting experience, and we had an incredible time on on Saturday and. Uh, there was one student there. This was his fourth time taking the class with such great enthusiasm. And when we go into the self-tape workshop in the second half of the class, I said to him, because everyone else, it was their first time, mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to be particularly tough on you because you've done this before. And I was because he got a little lazy and we smacked him around a mm-hmm. bit. And by the time we got through that workshop, he was spot on mm-hmm. and yeah I think that you know one of the things that we, we were wanting to do is talk about how we need to change the narrative mm-hmm. of NM film and the story of NM film because in in LA correct me if I'm wrong but you know we have this perception that we don't have the talent here mm-hmm. well there are talented people who live everywhere there's just there isn't a film or television industry mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, Albuquerque and New Mexico happen to be a place where there's lots of talent, there's lots of industry, and we'll look back at this two years from now and just be in awe of how much more industry this, that's coming here, Yeah. right? So um, it's not that there's not talent here. There is, it's just not camera-ready talent. Yeah, we're, yeah, the talent isn't developed enough. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. That's why Chris and I literally took over this place. Well, yeah, I mean, look, at, you, you want to feel you're talented. You want to have tremendous passion to want to do this. But then you have to understand that you have to do the work to get yourself ready 
to be submitted and to audition. Yeah. And, and that's tough. And I think that that one of the things I find that I say over and over again, even to my own clients, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is you have to do the work and you can't rush through any of this. And here's, here's an example, right? So we talk about small co-star roles, two lines. Well, the, the default is I'm going to memorize my two lines. I'm going to go in. I'm going to say my two lines. I'm going to get out and and I, maybe I won't get it. Now, and then I'll beat myself up about why didn't I get it? Well, we'll never know why an actor doesn't get the role. But what we will know is if the actor prepped the way they should have prepped for that role. And the last thing they should be doing is memorizing the two lines. They should be spending time thinking about who is this person? Mm-hmm. Where does this take place? What happened before that person got there? What, what plans does that person have tonight? Where are they from? Where did they go to school? What did, all of the specifics to, to create a life for a character, mm-hmm. even if we're only seeing the, this particular character for two particular lines, this character had a life before the two lines and will go on to have a life after the two lines, mm-hmm. we're just not going to be watching it. That's the only way to bring two lines to life. Exactly. Well, that's what exactly what I'm saying. So, right, memorizing those two lines is the last thing you should worry about because a casting director, the best actor isn't going to get the job. The right actor is going to get the job. So, you know, how do you, how do you, are you more likely to be the right actor? Create the life of that character. Let that casting director see that you put work into it. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. You think it's, oh, just two lines. It's not going to be, you know, big deal. It's not a hard thing to do. But um, it's difficult. I think the, le- the fewer the lines, the harder it is to, to get yourself there. But it absolutely reads professional, and it, you walk in, and it, it reads that you've done the work, and it reads that you're a ready-to-work, camera-ready actor. You may not be the right actor for that particular job. You're booking the room. Mm-hmm. You're booking the room. And so what a great gift that is because that casting director is going to cast lots of other stuff. And if he or she <clears throat> has had an experience with you that leaves a positive impression, it will be slam dunk you will get into that room more often and quicker, easier, and how comfortable it would be for you to walk back into a space where you're, you've already been validated, right? Mm-hmm. So we come full circle. It's not about the two lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about the relationship you're creating and the trust you're creating. I always tell people that trust is the most valuable currency. Right. Yeah. And look at the most important piece of that is trust in yourself, mm-hmm. right? You know, there's a huge fear factor, right? You know, actors are nervous. At auditions mostly because they think they're you know being judged and you know maybe maybe in on some plane they are but they're not being judged personally right so it's um it's a mindset right it's a it's a mindset it's a business yeah yeah and um we were talking about that a little bit before about changing the narrative of the expectations of auditions we we're just right. speaking about that about how um you know, people have a pre, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, like an idea in their head of how it's supposed Pre-existing to be. Pre-existing sense, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. they, you know. They Misconception. Just, yeah, they think that it's supposed to be hard. You're supposed to be comparing yourself. You're supposed to be nervous. You're supposed to be overanalyzing. You're supposed to be competing. You're supposed to be competing. And mm. it's like about changing the narrative about how fun it could be. And I'm curious, speaking about all mm. of this, I'm curious about how this segues into the, um, 
markets and um, uh-huh. what is going on in LA as opposed to um, New Here. Mexico film, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me say s- something before I say that. Mm-hmm. Changing the narrative uh, begins way before the audition mm-hmm. and it plays a huge role when you walk in to have an audition and you sign in. After you sign in and you sit down and you wait to audition mm-hmm. and you kind of walk in, you look around the room and you see these other people that are waiting to audition for the same role that you're there to audition for and the conversation in your head goes something like, God, that guy over there, I, I, I think he looks much more like what they're looking for than I do. Oh, wait, wait, that guy over there, that's, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. I know he's going to get it. Then you, they bring somebody else into audition. Mm-hmm. And you get to hear through the very thin walls the audition the person is giving before you get to go in. And then you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, I know I prepped. I know I, I made choices. And I know that I got this where I needed to be. But God, that person, he sounds like he's really nailing it. He sounds like what I, You play these mind games that, that end up having you question everything you've prepared and every choice you've made. Mm-hmm. So reframing the narrative has to do also with s- stop paying attention to mm-hmm. other people there. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just among the lucky few who got called in. Exactly. Right? So, you know, what a win it is to be in that room waiting. Mm-hmm. And and the truth is, a lot of the times the casting director doesn't really know exactly what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. You're going on tape. They're going to present the the best of that mm-hmm. to the director and the producer and they, sometimes they don't know until they hear it so mm-hmm. for you to talk yourself out of the choices you've made because you feel intimidated or less confident by what you see in the waiting room or what you hear come through the, the walls mm-hmm. is a disservice to the smart actor Exactly. And I think that's where the hyphen it comes in as well, because right. it's not the be all end all. You're not thinking about if I fail this, I have no value as a person. I have no value as an right. actor. You're thinking, well, if I don't get it, it sucks. But, you know, I have this other project. I have this advertising thing. I have this. I'm yeah. writing a problem producing. Well, it goes back to booking the room. It's not about that part. Everybody that makes it about that part on that day is missing the whole point. Well, you're doing yourself a disservice. And you know what? I, I, I want to take exception to what you said about, oh, you know, I didn't get it, this sucks. Mm-hmm. That, that, that even shouldn't be, you, sh- you should just delete that from your mind mm-hmm. because you will get what you're supposed to get, yeah. right? And so by giving the audition experience power in your mind, you, of course, will judge yourself. Odds are you're not going to get the job. Mm-hmm. So if you're focused on on booking the room instead of the role, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't matter whether you get the role. What, it ma- what matters is, you know, did you do a good job? Did you leave a good impression? That's your job. Booking the role has nothing at all to, to do with that. So I'm trying to get actors to reframe how they think about all of this because you guys beat yourselves up emotionally oh, yeah. all <laughs> The time. It's in our description. And, yeah, so I'll do that for you. Don't do that for yourself, um, because I, I do think it's a disservice. You you minimize the joy of the opportunity you were given to audition. You know, it's ironic mm-hmm. because we take it seriously the wrong way. Say yeah. more about that. Because we talked about this earlier, how people need to take the industry more seriously and be more professional. But what ends up happening is they take 
the um, audition that they messed up on more seriously, and they're not being professional in the industry, but they're beating themselves up and taking it too seriously. But that's only if they allow themselves to think that they messed up in the audition, which is what I'm, I'm trying to disconnect that button. Yeah, that's exactly. what I'm saying. They're taking that. They're they're, yeah. they're taking themselves so seriously that they see it as a failure, and they see themselves as a failure. So we need to change that narrative. Well, there's there's no failure conversation worthy having at all. You either have gotten a call back or not, or you got the job or you you did not. You're not a failure because you didn't book. You're actually a success because you got the audition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To just get in the room is uh, Huge. such a so, blessing. So let's talk about the numbers, right? In L.A., you asked me about markets, difference, what's mm -hmm. happening in, in L.A. So um, this new world in which we live, there's more opportunity for actors to work than there has ever been. We have all these incredible new platforms, most of which none of us have ever heard of, but they're places for actors to go to work. So I would say I maybe see anywhere from 400 to 500 breakdowns a day times whatever number of roles are in each breakdown. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at all of this, all these casting requests for submissions. Um, at the other end, the casting director will routinely get 2,000 to 2,500 submissions wow. from each agent and manager for every role they're casting. Wow. So in the old days, th when we use real headshots, hard copy headshots, all that would arrive in the mail or by messenger at their offices. So you can like picture the optics on that, right? All this stuff. So now they get to see all these thumbnail images on their computer and they can scan, 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 and they can delete the ones they don't think are right. They can click off the ones they want to look more closely at. And so at the end of the day, from 2,500 submissions, depending on the project, uh, maybe 10 to 15 or 20 actors would be called into audition. Mm -hmm. And then depending on the project, maybe four or five would get callbacks mm -hmm. or three, and then one gets hired out of that. So if you just look at, do the math, Mm -hmm. Right, and and if you are in that list of actors who got called in for the audition, amazing. Why would you not celebrate that, right? Exactly. And here's an interesting mm -hmm. sideline: you would be surprised. Right, brace yourself for this. How many times actors who are given an audition slot just don't show up? They don't show up. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about that. That's that's the part of the the taking this industry seriously. Right. It's like, why would you do that? You know, you, it's not that you're taking an opportunity away from somebody else. You're taking away an opportunity that's been given to you mm -hmm. because the casting director selected you. She didn't select somebody else. She selected you. And, and they're thinking, oh well, that part's not big enough for me. Well, for whatever reason that they might not show. It's a disservice to the person who represents them. Mm -hmm. It is a disservice to the perception of who they are and the career they're building. Mm -hmm. And it certainly ends in a result that will have that casting director yellow marking that actor to not bring that person in again. Yeah. Because they're sitting there going, okay, where is this person? They didn't take it seriously. They right. don't take me seriously. Or, or, or they just, for you know, who knows the reason? Fear. Mm -hmm. What if I get it? lack of confidence. I mean, there's all kinds of things. But if you have those emotional issues when you go to an audition, then you ought not to be auditioning until you feel better about your ability to do so. That's emotional fitness, right? And the, and the, 
the drive to not want to miss anything because if I'm not available, I, I won't get an opportunity will miss me. Well, what if opportunity comes to you and you turn your back on it? Mm -hmm. You know, that means that somebody like me has put a lot of effort into making this audition happen for you. We don't get paid a dime unless or until you book the role and you get paid. Actually, we get 15% of the dime mm -hmm. or 10% of the dime. And um, you don't bother to show up. Well, you know, that's just a lot of wasted time for everybody, plus me, the person who represents you, mm -hmm. I'm going to get a very unpleasant phone call from oh, the casting horrible. director. Yeah. And, and I really want to put my relationship on the line with that casting director, nor do I want to make excuses for you. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, uh, but yet you leave me no choice. Mm -hmm. And then I'm left to say after that phone call, is this client really worth keeping? Mm -hmm. look, Absolutely. At, look at the position I have been put in. Mm -hmm. That's not what I signed up for. Right. Yeah. And it happens very frequently. Yeah, and, and, I've and heard just, about it happening in every market frequently. Well, it does. Yeah. And so look, at my last, I'll put a pin in it with this. If you are given, an, get an audition and you read the sides and there's something about that audition that you are uncomfortable with or about, then have a conversation with the person who represents you. Communicate. Right. Yeah. And if you're not represented and you've submitted and gotten this audition on your, on your own, I'm saying you take a big step back and that don't just submit because it looks like it's a role you could play. If there's a description of the role, and there will be, and in, included in that description are things that the, the character will be doing that you are at all uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. Could be nudity, maybe it's not, but maybe it's something they're asking you, that this character does mm -hmm. that you really don't want to do or are uncomfortable with. Could be swimming. Then yeah. decline the audition, or better yet, never submit on it. Yeah. Why would you? You know, th this is this whole other thing about. Well, the more I submit, the more more opportunity I'll get to audition. Not necessarily. Mm. You know, you've got to be smart about that. You have to submit yourself as if you were your own agent or manager, and and it's it's not a good submission just because the numbers look right, age, gender. What, I mean, it's it it it's got to be right for you, hundred percent. Never make a be your essence. It does. Mm -hmm. And never make a submission for a role you don't really believe you're ready to step into. But this is a little desperation, you know, sits oh, I haven't had an audition in a month, so I'm going to step up my level of submitting. Yeah, it's like a numbers game. Right. Yeah. And it's not. <clears throat> Truthfully, it is not a numbers game. Interesting, yeah. And if you submit yourself <clears throat> or your person who represents you submits you in 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 being honoring your brand and your type, mm -hmm. you may not get lots of auditions, but you're going to get the auditions you're right for. <clears throat> I have a client who's, you guys at home will have to use your imagination. He's like this big, and he's like <laughs> this wide, and he's got this big, big, big beard, and he's an incredible actor who's not right for most things. But the roles he's right for, he's spot on right for, mm. and he gets an audition opportunity every time. So we don't waste our time submitting him for stuff that we know he can't play. Right. Saves you so much time and effort. Well, it, it, and it, it, it honors all our reputations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want is a casting director calling me saying, why did you, sub why did you submit this person? I mean, why? It did so these are the things, when we say change the narrative, we say do the work. These are things, you know, we talk about this in the classes that I do here is that I'm trying to unpack this. 
I'm trying to deconstruct this process so that you understand it's not only about you. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be in this business, be a business person, right? These are the techniques that we teach mm-hmm. so that you're putting your investment where it belongs and you're not judging yourself on, on the things that you really ought not to be considering. Absolutely. Factors should be different. Yeah. So let's go back to this idea. You, you mentioned emotional fitness and I want to unpack the fiscal fitness aspect of Money. what you teach, you know, because yeah. I know that you're, you're one of the only people that really digs into that. Well, everybody has to have a place to live and be able to pay for it. You have to eat and be able to pay for it. Um, you have to have a car, usually. You have to be able to pay for that and pay for your gas and pay for your auto insurance. Um, you have to pay for classes. Sorry, but you do. It's investment in yourself. You have to be able to pay for headshots that are professional headshots that work. Sorry, but you do. It's the most important thing. Well, you know what? They're all important things, really. And so if you're not prepared for that journey, you set yourself up for another kind of fear. That's financial fear Mm -hmm. and the struggle to, you know, it's the end of the month and where am I going to get the rent from? And, you know, it's... It's a, it is a big deal because if you are desperate or feeling any desperation because those things have happened to you and you have an audition, it reads in the room. Mm-hmm. It, it just does. And you won't be your best you, you, because you're not fully able to be. You're in survival mode. Right. So, you know, I, I, there's another part of this. And that is that this is not just in the beginning. Right. So this is a whole other conversation that we could do a whole other podcast about another time, which is, you know, what's what's the going rate in the landscape? And, and the result of particularly SAG after having created and introduced and wholeheartedly support these ultra low budget contracts, which pay actors only one hundred and twenty five dollars a day if they're lucky enough to book the job means that even if you work all the time, you're not able to work enough to earn enough to support yourself from your acting work alone. By the way, that $125 a day when you take out taxes, tip, license, commissions, uh, it's about $42 a day. So you... That's your Uber ride. Yeah. You're set. <laughs> right. But so you're, you're in a situation where um, you have to find some other way to fill in the pay gaps, mm-hmm. even if you work all the time. So what do you do? You know, do you get just any job and you're miserable? You know, you hate going to that job? Or do you try to find another job that's in an area doing what you love to do, that's creative in some way, that supports your artistic interest and your artistic intent, mm-hmm. that uh, is better for you globally, mm-hmm. fiscally, emotionally? But this is a tough one. And, and you do have to unpack it because it, it can be difficult, right? And sometimes people have to take jobs they don't really want to take Mm -hmm. because you have to sort of make those ends meet. And and I've had clients who've been in this situation. And what I say to them over and over is, I know it's not the work you want to be doing until, you know, but you have to do something before you can do what you really want to do all the time. And I think the way through that is uh, that you're just passing through. A client called me. He was very upset about something that had happened to him at the job he was in while he was waiting to be able to act all the time. And he was really upset about 
situation he found himself in. Uh, he was working as a uh, clerk in a law office, and I said, so I want you to look at all the people around you. Um, they're there because that's their full-time job. That's what they're paid to do. They're going to be there a lot longer than you are. They're invested in whatever the mm, issue that's is. That's great that came perspective. To you. Yeah. I said, you know, you are passing through. That doesn't mean that you treat the, the assignment or the responsibility with any less dignity that you would anything else. You know, you have to be professional and do what's expected of you. Mm -hmm. But if something happens um, around you or to you that is uncomfortable for you, you gotta let it roll off. You gotta not take it personally. And you have to remember that this is just the means to an end. I'm passing through. They're stuck yeah. here. It's temporary for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, again, we talk about reframing, right? How do you reframe the narrative on all of this? You know, it's always about the global bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And so I'm being really upfront all the time saying, you know, I wish that you could make your living by just your acting work. And so the truth is a lot of people do. My series clients, they do. People who were, you know, the, the top 4% of the Screen Actors Guild members who make all the big movies and earn all those, they do. That They're not working at Starbucks in between films. Mm. But everybody else is doing something like that. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a way to get me from here, point A to point B, and it's giving me the money that I need to get better at doing the work I want to do and to get me through this. So it's a huge issue, right? So Aren't be, most actors on unemployment in L.A.? Well, they, yeah. they can be, and you know, in between a job, once you're done with a job, it's, you're, you've been let go from that job, you certainly can apply for unemployment, right? That's a, you pay in, you're entitled to that. Uh, but I think that's not a good way to make a living. Right. No, and you were talking about strategy, too, and that's how this fuels in with the narrative thing, is I've noticed a lot of actors, myself included, have that, I'm an actor, I'm supposed to struggle. And that's what I think needs to change, because just because that's the way it's been for so many other people doesn't mean that's the way it has to be for you. You can get creative about your past careers, your past experience, your past skills, and how you can bring that in to make money in a creative way that fuels your art, like what you were saying. You, like, you don't have to have struggled in order to have to play a character who struggles. Exactly, right? yeah. And so, if that's your mindset, <clears throat> get out of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not a healthy place to, to, to be. And here's the other part of, you know, what is the experience of struggling. Um, we haven't talked about balance, which is really a part of all this. The balance between what you're doing to what you want to do or the balance between how you spend your work life and how you spend your personal life, right? And and it's not good to be too in, over-invested in any one of those things. You have to have the, you have to have balance in order to kind of be healthy and have perspective. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's really easy to beat yourself up, right? So how many actors go home for the holidays and they see family they haven't seen in a while and they keep hearing, well, why aren't you a star yet? You know, why aren't you famous yet? You know, because they don't understand how this business works, and you know, you can't help but take that personally. So that's a crappy vacation home for you. Mm -hmm. Just, just don't even engage, right? I mean, you can, you have to understand their perception of the work that you want to do versus what the reality of that business is really like. So, um, you have to. You know, hold on to your confidence and stand up straight and take none of this personally and know that nobody has the ability to take away from you an opportunity that is meant to be yours. Nobody. And that the next job you get, 
there'll be a bunch of other actors going, why didn't I get that? Mm. Well, hopefully I will have trained them so they will know not to beat themselves <laughs> up. But, you know, it's, it's important. There's not a level playing field here, you know, and I'm really sorry to tell you that, right? It's not like uh, we're hiring for bank tellers and we're going to put an ad in the paper and we're going to get inquiries from 100 people who want to be your next bank teller. Mm -hmm. And we look through the resumes and we interview a few people and we hire the person best qualified to be the bank teller. And the best qualified person gets the job usually. That's not life in the business of acting. There's all these other factors. And, and so you just have to rise above the factors and, and focus in on what you can make a significant positive difference from and live your life. I think it's so, yeah, I think live your life and realize how privileged it is just to be auditioning in, an, in the entertainment industry. I think people don't can't even grasp their mind around how lucky we are right. not to be like in coronavirus land. Right. You know, like, oh, well, think about an actor over there. They're not thinking about, oh, well, I'm going to call my agent talking about my audition and why I didn't get booked. Right. Yeah, but yeah. you could be do a commercial for you. could be the face of the coronavirus. See? Well, <laughs> I have a face for the virus. That's right. Not to make light of anybody who's not well. Yeah. So I want to we hope everybody, that. but that's my point, is right. we take everything for granted right. as, as like these privileged American actors in the entertainment industry. We need to take it more seriously. So we're going to take a break and this will conclude the first half of our intimate conversation with Brad Lamack and changing the narrative. Tune in in a couple weeks and you will get the second half. Thank you so much. From everyone here at Soul Studios, I'm Ron Weisberg. Boom, 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 boom